awesome privilege. Let me say just a little bit here. It looks like we're probably going to be able to, to enter back into the, the building next week. Amen. We're going to try to fashion that. But to let me let me stress again, when we go back behind these walls, we're not going to be behind walls, right? Amen. Come on. the same as we were. We're not going to be normal, right? Remember that one? We're not going to be normal. God has called us out. He's used this emergency, this pandemic, this dread, I believe, to rattle the church, to wake it up, and to call it to doing what it's supposed to be doing. Amen. And that's to reach the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we declare that this morning and give God the glory. If you if you got your Bibles today, I trust that you do. Let's one more time hang them out your windows and lift them up. We're going to declare together. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. For it is my strength. It is my power, and it is my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And praise be to the name of Jesus this morning. Bless His name. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just believe and know. God, that we can trust in You for all things, Lord, that You're faithful to respond to the prayers and the cries of Your people as we've sang. Lord, we know that there's nothing You will not do for Your people, the people of the church of Jesus Christ, Lord God. Father, we just know today, God, Father, that any need amongst us, God, and anybody that needs help this morning, anybody that's searching for hope that You're the way, you are the truth and you are the life. And life more abundantly is what you give. And today we, as we gather in this place today, celebrate that life. The life of Jesus. The life of Christianity. The life of the Spirit of God that has been instilled within us and placed in our hearts, Lord God. Father, that Lord, we could rejoice in you. We could praise you. We could live. We could live a life that is rich in the Spirit of God. And we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' holy, mighty, wonderful name. Amen. Bless the Lord. I'm still excited. And I believe you are. I believe that we need this to live in a state of excitement, spiritual excitement. I know there's a lot of things going on around us that, that might uh, try to destroy any excitement that we might have. There, the, the nation, folks, is, is still in problems. It's still in jeopardy. It's still in, as I said earlier, it's still in distress. But we as Christians, we as believers in Jesus Christ and that He came to this world to be the Savior of the world and the Savior of mankind, to, to bleed and die on the cross for the sins of the world, yours and mine, we have a reason still to be excited about Jesus this morning. Amen. Matter of fact, our excitement, I still believe, is the, the blood of life in this land right now. The excitement of the church. The stay of the church. 
that the church has come out and it stepped out and and even though maybe many have faltered and some here might have faltered and, and I confess that I've faltered and kind of, sometimes we get kind of slack and, and we kind of lose what we got but I believe again this has been a call to step out into the light of the glory of God to come forth and show this world that's hurting and miserable that there's hope in Jesus we can declare that this morning and I do and let's just uh, enter into God's word this morning in the book of Luke, chapter number 12, give you a minute to get there. 12th chapter of the book of Luke. Luke also being responsible for writing the book of Acts. Um, Luke's writings here uh, in, in his book, entitled by his name, in chapter 12, uh, dynamic part of Scripture. All Scripture is dynamic. But here in this particular chapter, to Luke chapter 12, uh, about 95% of it, I'd say, is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself as Luke records it. Now, there's some headers or some headlines, if you will, that lead into particulars. And amazingly, the Lord here talks about several things that's recorded in this particular chapter of God's Word. And He talks about uh, beginning, and I'm not going to try to read all this this morning because this particular chapter, even though the book of Luke is is lengthy, this chapter's lengthy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stress, I'm gonna make some points this morning, and I'm gonna highlight some things that the Lord Himself said in the very first thing that begins here in the the first uh, part of the twelfth chapter of Luke is He's talking about uh, hypocrisy and the danger of it. Matter of fact, He's warning against the leaven of the Pharisees, leaven representing something that's entered into the gospel that doesn't need to be there, that if it's allowed to go, it will permeate everything and affect everything. And he declares uh, how much uh, hypocrisy is damaging. Now, I'll admit this morning that some of this you won't actually see again in type, but when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and literally read between the lines spiritually and take from it what Jesus is saying here, and how important it is that we as Christians, that the church as the church, realize realize the danger of hypocrisy, which is kind of uh, imitating or or uh, making believe or presenting to someone that you're something that you're not. And again, I believe we've been called out during this time to show the world that the church is something, it is a representative symbol of Jesus Christ and the power of God, regardless of what it is that is affecting us or what it is that we're in the midst of. You may be in the middle of a life filled with sin this morning. Or you may be one of those in the medical field that's dealing with all of this sickness and illness. You may be the responders out here responding to it all. You may be someone who has a family member affected by it. There's a lot of things I can say here this morning, but know this. Know this. Jesus is able to minister to you in any situation you are in this morning and do it with power and do it with peace and do it with glory that you can experience, not just know about and not even pretend that you know about, that you can know, absolutely know, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning who's able to bless you in any situation you have in any need you might have. But he says here, He's talking about uh, 
basically the church. And this is something I don't know if many realize. Again, and I know that I state this regularly, that the Bible, folks, even though it was written long ago, and these scriptures that I'm coming from this morning were recorded by Luke a long, long time ago. It's still very, very much of influence, totally, I would say, of influence in our lives today. So what the book, what the Word, what Luke, what the Holy Spirit was saying through Luke at this time is for you and me here this morning. It's for the church of today. Let us not forget what God has done. Let us not take it lightly what God has done. Let us not get to a state where our only concern is trying to make somebody think we're something that we're not. And that's a large part of Jesus urging here and teaching to these that were standing before Him on that day. And there might be some... Well, he was only speaking to disciples here. He was only speaking to that little crowd that followed Him around. No, He was speaking to everybody that has received Jesus Christ from that day to this day, and He's speaking to the church. That's something that I, I've had the Lord speak a lot to my heart lately during all of this. And I hope and pray that God, every pastor in America and around this globe, the same things happen. Sometimes the church thinks it's doing great. Sometimes the church might even pretend it's doing great. You know, I'm not one of those that like to say things about the church that seem negative. But the church is an institution filled with humans that have flaws. And isn't it awesome and wonderful that even though it is God saw fit to come down and save man out of his wretchedness and out of his flaws and out of his lack of love and lack of concern and lack of respect and all kinds of other things. But we, we're, we're gaining a great knowledge from what has happened. We can look into God's Word and all through it we can see from front to back and all in between, we can see and relate to things that are happening now that the Bible talks about. And one of them, you know, Jesus warning against the hypocrisy or being a hypocrite, I'll just say it. Being a hypocrite. And the part of the warning that we need to catch is he compared the Pharisees' hypocrisy again to leaven. It's a little bitty minute particle that when it's placed in the mix, it begins again to permeate and begins to affect the whole thing. If you will read the Word of God like you, and understand it as you should, even the things Jesus said, you're going to find if you come to complete, concrete honesty with yourself, as I've said many times, when Jesus spoke, it was absolutely was spiritual content. Everything Jesus spoke was spiritual. And here he started out, or Luke started out in this particular chapter with a warning against hypocrisy. In later in this chapter, Jesus refers to the fools of richness or those that are foolish and thinking that the only thing that matters is more gain and, and everything one can obtain in this world and that's really all that matters and that's all that one should be seeking. There's two, two episodes in this particular chapter. One of the young men that came to him, he said, hey, tell my brother he needs to split that inheritance with me. Well, of course, Jesus he saw the selfishness in his own heart here in this, this young man that came to him. 
And he had a response to that. And I'm not going to go into all this, but I want to highlight these things. The next one was a guy that thought, well, I've got massive fortune, so what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to build more barns, and I'm going to buy more land, and I'm going to, I'm going to rake in all of these treasures that exist in this world, and I'm going to be somebody. And Jesus' response was, you don't even know that God could call you in tonight. You, your focus is on everything but God. Folks, before me this morning and out there, this world's focus is on everything but God. And we need to get the focus back upon the Lord because He's the only one. He's the only one with the ability to do what needs to be done. And if you want to use the word fix this morning, fix this situation. You see, the Bible declares when God's people return to Him, when they come back to Him and they repent and they seek His face and they're sorry for their sins and they tell Him so, and you may be here this morning or you may be out there and you need to do that. It's simply, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I've been worse than bad, Lord. I haven't given you much thought or I haven't given you any thought at all. All the thought I've had is chasing things. Or this or that. And now I find myself in dire straits and a terrible situation. I'm telling you again this morning. God's able to lift you out of that. He's able through His Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue you and when He rescues you, He don't just rescue here, you here earthly. He rescues you eternally. How about that? Praise God. Eternally. Amen. Jesus is warnings here. Declaring again. Next, He talks about the seeking the kingdom of God. How important it is seek the kingdom of God. I've said it several times already, maybe not in these words, but mind off of the world and mind on the kingdom. Mind on the kingdom of God. I want to ask you some questions, right? A couple of questions. First one's, what have you been given? What have you been given? Think about that. And the next one is, do you realize what you've got? What have you been given and do you realize what you've got? And I think we need to sit a while and roll that one around, both of them, and take a look around us. Now, we can look in the physical, and rightly so. You're here today, and I don't think that I'm speaking to a single person out here that has not been blessed by God multiple times. Am I right? Multiple times. What have you been given? What have you been given and do you realize what you have got? When Jesus speaks here about the kingdom of God, He addresses those that are worried or concerned about their earthly needs and, and they're all caught up in that. And I promise you, if you're not careful, you will get all caught up in that. And many times, your warner becomes a whole lot bigger than your needer. And that's where so many find themselves today. Their wanter has got them in much trouble. Never realizing their true, real need, which is Jesus Christ. And he expresses that and he, he begins to speak and he tells them, basically, don't seek earthly things. 
don't don't seek those things that you're so concerned about and so worried about and so afraid that things just can't be right if you don't get them. Be concerned about your relationship with God. And he says something here in the 31st verse. He says, But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6.33 adds, And His righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Awesome. The Lord here is, is speaking something that is so powerful and so mighty and so beyond description. And, and I don't know how many of those before Him actually caught what He's saying. If you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, God is going to take care of you. Amen. If you focus yourself on the Lord and His work and His kingdom, God is going to see that you are blessed. He's going to see that you're taken care of. He's going to be, see that, that you're ministered to in your need. God loves to hear the cries of His people and the requests of His people. He loves to hear the praise of His people. He loves to see the rejoicing and the joy and the Holy Spirit among His people. Dread and all these things that have affected so many. And I know I've probably spoken on some of this previously, but the dread and, and such influence that, that we're bombarded daily that we're supposed to be influenced by the neighbor. See, many people find themselves just that. But we're supposed to be influenced by the positive. The only real positive that exists. And that's God. No flaws. Totally pure. Totally holy. All-powerful. Almighty, all-present, all-knowing, everything. And when Jesus spoke of the kingdom of God, He was talking about that realm of glory that God resides in. That's what we need to be seeking. Later in verse 34, speaking of earthly treasures or wherever your treasure might be, He said this. He said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where are your thoughts? What, what, what do you value? What are you seeking after? What are you looking for? Is it the kingdom of God or is it all other things? These words are awesomely powerful. Because God knows. He knows where your treasure is. Whether it's in Him, or it's in this world, or this worldly system. Jesus lastly spoke of stewardship. And He talked of those that are expecting His return. He calls them, a, a, really it's a, a steward that is expecting His Lord to return. And He prepares Himself for that. He positions himself for that. His thoughts are on that. His focus is upon this yet future event, but he's getting ready for it before it ever gets here. It's the first one he spoke of. He said in verse 
35 through 38, he said, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. I believe he's talking about the Holy Spirit charged individual there, the way we need to be. And he says, And you yourselves liken to men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open to him immediately. Why did he throw that word in there? Immediately. Because he's not talking about somebody that's got to go try to get things fixed before they open the door. He's not talking about somebody that's got to clean up their act before they can go open the door. He's not talking about somebody that's been playing or pretending all along. He's talking about somebody that's been sold out. He's talking about somebody that is dedicated, consecrated. Totally looking for the return of their Master. In essence, in these Scriptures, the return of the Lord. And if He shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. This know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Causes the state of constant watchfulness, awakeness in the Spirit, vigilant, paying attention to what? We're sitting here beside a highway watching cars go by and looking at other folks in the parking lot. What are we supposed to be paying attention to? The signs of the times. What we see around us. Discerning them spiritually. Applying them to the Scripture. What the Word of God says. That prepares us. That positions us to ready ourselves for the coming of the Lord. And it should stir us to such a degree that we don't want to see anybody else left in this world in this mess and this predicament and this misery and this pain that's going to exist after He does, but that we'd be solely charged for the mission of rescuing the lost and reaching everybody we can for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to guide you to a particular verse in this chapter. And we're preparing here to close out in just a few moments. Peter asked Jesus a question here in verse 41. He said, Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? What's your response this morning? Was Jesus just speaking to Peter and that little group around him? Was or was he speaking to all? I accept the latter, folks. He was speaking to all. Who then, Jesus responded with this, he said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? You see Jesus' response? It might look like he didn't answer Peter's question. He said something totally different. No, he, re he responded to Peter. Basically, his response here is those that are faithful and those that are wise. That's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to those who, who again, have trust in God, who have placed their loyalty and their allegiance to the Lord and, and look to Him. 
They don't just look to Him for a, a coming time when He's going to take them from this earth and transport them to heaven in, in glorious fashion. He's looking to those who are dedicated and loyal and allegiant to God while they live on this earth. And that's where you and I are at this morning. We're still living this thing. We're still here. I'm going to keep saying, we're still here. You're still here. I'm still here. And Jesus, this chapter, Jesus speaking is full of vital information for those that are in this world living here now and going through the, the things that life brings us. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Life is life. And things happen. Yes, things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. You may be here, and I feel like I've got to say this. Somebody looking on me may be out there in, in digital land. You may be blaming God for something today. You may have fell out with God over something. Listen to me. Draw yourself back. Realize we serve a good God. We serve a God that wants no ill to happen to His people. We serve a God that desires no tragedies, no catastrophes, no pandemics. But you see, this world and the things of this world, the bad, bad, terrible things, are all a result of the sins of all of mankind that have taken place throughout the course of history. God's a good God. Continuing, Verse 44, speaking to the steward, Jesus says, Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Now I've asked you two questions and I hope you ponder those and you remain to ponder them. I'm going to repeat them again. What have you been given? And do you realize what you've got? I want to go to verse 48. And Jesus has referenced here in his response He's talking about two kinds of servants. One that's faithful and one that isn't. And the one that isn't is really one that is strayed. He's one that has given up on his responsibility and succumbed to the desires of the world and worldly living and doing worldly things. And in that he's become mistreatful of others concerned of others, only for himself. And Jesus compares that one to the faithful one. And here in verse 48, he says, But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. And I'm going to ask you another question this morning. What do you know? What do you know about the Lord? What do you know about His Word? What do you know about His Kingdom? And I'll tell you this, you have no excuse not to know a lot about any of that. You have been blessed in the greatest country in the world to live here. Brother Tanner brought that up, I believe, Wednesday night as he was ministering. And how fortunate you are 
to be a citizen of this country. Jesus continues, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. I believe in this unfaithful servant's life that he became artificial in his service to God. He became artificial meaning not the real thing. That's what artificial is. You create something and try to compare it to the real, but it's not the real. And I believe he became superficial. He just kind of had a surface relationship. He, he kind of had a, a little bit. He, he kind of had, had a cosmetic appearance other than the one that he should have had. An example of God. An example of godliness. An example of righteousness. And maybe even, and I guess I made this word up, pacificial. Did you know we were not called to be have to be pacified? Have to be petted? Have to be stroked? These things I've spoken, and there's other factors that I could include this morning. But when we really evaluate our lives, and the Bible tells us to evaluate our faith or examine our faith ourselves to see if we're in the faith. If we're really in the faith, examine ourselves. We're called first to examine ourselves. In the book of 1 Peter, I'll give you a couple of 4.17s this morning. 1 Peter 4.17, and I want to read that to you. 1 Peter 4.17 You don't have to turn there. I want to read it for you. Peter said, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? James in 4.17 speaking of really knowing and exercising and doing the kingdom of God and, and, and being an example on earth. He said, Therefore, if one knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. Now that's another question we have to ask ourselves. It's not necessarily what we commit, but it's the things that we know we're supposed to do and we don't do it. So, in relating to the many things that Jesus is, is speaking here today and, and trying to impact those before Him and try to make them to understand, here in this question I ask you is, is how much have you been given? What have you been given? Do you realize what you've been given? I could ask, what are you doing with what you've been given? But I want to stress, and I find this of the utmost importance to him or to her who have been given much, much is required. 
What have we been given? What does the Scripture say? The Scripture says we've been given the kingdom. The kingdom. God Himself, the Scripture said, has given us the kingdom. So what have we received? What have we been given? Jesus has given us, again, life, not just life, but life more abundantly. God, through His Son, has given us salvation through the work of the cross and the blood that was shed and the life that Jesus gave as a sacrifice. What Christians need to be other than artificial and superficial and pacificial is sacrificial. Sacrificial. Give ourselves to God. Quoted from the awesome famous scripture of Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We've been given much. We've been given more than we know. We've been given the awesome blessing of representing, demonstrating God Himself, the only ability that we have been able to to receive that has allowed us to do that is the Spirit of Christ living in us, which is a life-changing event. Jesus is a life-changer, is He not? Our relationship with Him is a life-changer, is it not? I believe we're all called today to this Scripture. I want to read you one more and we're going to close. It's found back over in actually the book of Nahum, back over in the Old Testament. I'll read it for you. Nahum was speaking in his book. It's rather a short book, but his whole account here is the destruction of Nineveh. After, of course, we know that Jonah went and ministered to his dislike to the people of Nineveh. They repented. They truly repented. They received the, the message that, that uh, Jonah brought them, the message that God had given him to give to them. And for like a hundred or better than a hundred years, they lived for God. But through the very things I've talked about this morning, through lust, through greed, through through a, a, a really a disrespect for God, gradually, 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 they diverted back to the way they were before. And the book of Nahum is about that. And it's talking about it. And he, he very graphically, by detail, records the destruction of Nineveh. Because, you see, I don't know when it is and I don't know where it is. And nobody else does. But there comes a point when God says it's time for judgment. It's time for judgment. And one of these days, God's going to say, Son, it's time to go. It's time to go. What's he going to find when he comes? Who's he going to find ready when he comes? Even in the midst of all this, this is what Nahum said in the first chapter, verse 7. He said, The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knoweth them that trust in Him. He knoweth 
them that trust in Him. Folks, in closing, trust is more than a word. Trust is more than some cosmetic verbiage. Some superficial appearance. When we trust in the Lord, He is what we're all about and who we're all about. And there's guaranteed safety to those who trust in the Lord and hold Him dear in the midst of chaos. Did you notice where it said in time of trouble? Place to go in time of trouble? How many times have we heard that recently? Trouble. 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 There's trouble in the land. There's trouble here. There's trouble everywhere. Where do we go? Somebody say it for me. Where do we go in time of trouble? God. We need to be going there before times of trouble, right? We need to be going there consistently, right? We need to be before God constantly because that before God constantly is the definition of trust. Trust. Because He's our soul trust. Realize what you got. With this, I leave you. And I understand that this is speaking mostly spiritual. The words that I've spoken this morning is mostly for your spiritual welfare. But I want you to look around you this morning. Look in your vehicle with who you got with you. Your husband, your wife, your children. Matter of fact, how about you just reach over and take their hand? I don't know, some of you may not have done that in a long time. There's something in this. Take your children's hands. Look at them. Look at them. See what you've got. See who you've got. I'm looking at mine through a windshield. I reach. I ain't trying to grab you, but I'm reaching spiritually. Out here, I've got a daughter and son-in-law and grandkids. I reach to you. To those that can't be here this morning. While they're watching this now or watching it later, miles away, I reach to you also. What have you got? I'd say you've got much. I'd say you've got much. And I could say a lot of other things here this morning of what you've got. But you need to realize what you've got. And you need to realize what you've been given. And I leave you with this. To whom much is given, much is required. God bless you this morning. Heavenly Father, we prepare to dismiss this service, Lord. And I'm grateful, God. I felt the tremendous anointing that you placed upon me this morning to minister this word. I am so appreciative, God. I realize when I step to this pulpit, it's a place of seriousness. God, I could say things I want to say. And I can insert my opinions. But that's not what you call me to do, God. You call me to preach your word. To say what you want said. To declare what you want declared. God, to proclaim what you want proclaimed. And I thank you for giving me the ability to do that. And I thank you for all these that have gathered under the sound of 
my voice this morning just a tool and an instrument just an instrument and so grateful to be one Lord to minister your word I pray for these families I pray for every individual I pray for those out there viewing me Lord streaming as this goes into far places that all would take into account of what they've been given what they have and realize wholeheartedly that yes indeed it is much in Jesus name Amen. God bless you this morning. In the name of Jesus. See you back here, hopefully. We will be announcing to you. I believe we're going to get in, like I said. We're going to, we're going to celebrate. We're going to give God glory. Have a great day. We love you and appreciate you. Amen.